You are listening to Battle Red Radio. Tonight, I'm joined by the notebook to my notepad, my good friend Taylor. How are you doing tonight, man? Doing all right. Uh, I wish I was watching the notebook because that's easily in my all-time favorite of, you know, romance. Whenever I'm feeling down, only the first half, though. Whenever it gets to the old people, I don't care anymore because, you know, it's old people. Yeah, I well, I think it's a good like limits litmus test if you're watching a movie with a woman and if you don't get teary eyed at all, she's not the one for you. <laughs> I, just, I, I don't know any Like if you watch if you watch that movie with a woman like this sucks, this is this is stupid. You hate that woman. You don't want to be with her at all. I I accidentally watched it like two weeks ago and I'm embarrassed, but yeah, I got a little teary eyed. Oh my god. I don't I never get teary eyed when it comes to it. If you want to talk about a walk to remember, I'll get teary-eyed every time. Mandy Moore crushes me. But when it comes to a notebook, no, they die together. It's like a happy thing. There's no, nothing- but it's not that. It's more just like about time, you know? And they're like talking about how fast it goes by and all that. I'm like, man, oh, I'm getting so wasteful. I've been wasting so much time. Oh, man. It was like that. I wasn't like sad about them dying at all, you know? I was no. more sad about thinking about how much time just goes, you know, flittering out the window. Once they start dancing in the hospital, I, I say gross and I turn it off because I'm done. I only want the young fling. That's all I'm about. I need the hotness, you know, not the staleness. Yeah, but I mean, that's how you're able to stay stale, though. That's how hot it was that it was able to, to burn into <laughs> smoldering embers even all those years later. That's fair. You know what? I'll give you that because it was still hot whenever they realized who they were. Okay. I'll give you that one. Um, And then... So last week for NFL football, it was there's a lot of big games going on. I was we had some chances to catch up on some stuff. It's really been like a Franz Kafka novel for me trying to watch football this year. Between NFL Game Pass not working to having to like email people on the internet to try to get coaches film clips to now they have Game Pass for the U.S. with coaches film, but it's not all the plays are there, and then you have to pick between sideline or behind view. So if I want to watch a play with sideline and then behind view, I have to go back, click it again, click back through, and then when you try to record the screen, it stays with this like crap on the front, so you can't even record it because it, it muddies up the picture. And then so now I download a VPN and try to watch the UK version. But the UK version, if I want to pay for a whole year, it costs like $225. It's absolutely insane. Wait, but what do you get for the UK? Like, do you get it's anything? It's the like, same special? thing. It's the exact same thing, except yeah. But whenever they do, they're all twenty-two. It goes sideline view, behind view, and it just goes for an hour. There's none of this crap all the time. It sucks. It's like you we get, want like, one thing. Do you get like UK announcers like talking in the background? No, or it's all. It's the same thing as the US. The same announcers and all that. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. Have you it's seen it? Stupid. 
You got a lot of people have. I'm probably asking for my refund, just pay for the UK version and get my hundred dollars back. So it's not like as bad, you know. You should start the email with this is Mr. Karen. I have a problem. Well, I guess I I hate internet memes like that. Well, no, it's not a meme. I would just start your email. I would write in that letter. No, I'd say as a disgruntled, you know, fan of your service who just wants one thing, you can't just do it. It's crazy. It's like Franz Kafka's The Trial, except it's about the Game Pass. <laughs> you know what? Is I'm actually going to feel bad on this one because $250 is not worth it if you're just getting the exact same thing. Yeah, because the US one doesn't work at all. It's broken. And then my internet went out last week, so I couldn't watch anything at all. Oh. And it really, it really has. It's just been like, it's been a complete mess to try to uh, watch anything at all whatsoever. But I was finally able to watch some games today and be ready for this this week four NFL preview. And you know, our pick show for it also. You know, it's it's not my fault. My picks are bad. It's the NFL Game Pass's fault. Uh, last week I went one and three. You went one and three. I am two and six to start the year, and you are one and seven. Yeah, well, I had plenty of internet over here. I've been watching games over here. Uh, even during my work time, I usually have about two TVs going, one on the Switch, one in the corner, so then I can watch both. Uh, I guess my only excuse is, you know, teams are just what I thought they were. Okay, people are not shaping up to what I was expecting. Washington, for example, what the hell? What is going on with that defense? Heineke's supposed to score 40 points to win? No, that's never what I said the guy could do. Nobody should ever expect that guy to be able to do that. This yeah. defense is not good. I, so you know what? This is just, it's been frustrating for me. I'm really upset with my picks. Yeah, I mean, Washington, you know, we're not going to talk about them today. But I kind of want to talk about them and the Jets before we get into our, our game previews. And like watching that Buffalo game, they're just playing a lot of zone coverage. And they're not very good at it at all. And like, you know, John Bostick's not that good in that role. They had Cole Holcomb one versus one against Dawson Knox out the wide receiver position. He gave a favorite out touchdown. Um, and they're, I think they were doing that against Josh Allen because they were so worried about him as a runner. But they're running all these coverages that they don't know how to really run very well at all. And it was a really big Emmanuel Sanders game, too, where he was able to get reps against, you know, Kendall Fuller and their other fourth cornerback and make a lot of one-versus-one catches against them. And they also just didn't create much pressure at their front. Like, the only source of pressure they had was really, like, Deron Payne against Cody Ford, like, using bull rushes and rips. They didn't get any pressure on the exterior. You know, Chase Young didn't have a good game. Monta Sweat didn't have a good game. Um, Allen didn't have a very good game against Feliciano. And they just didn't create enough pressure, you know, against him. Like, Allen's, you know, Al, like, he's, he's stoic in the pocket. You know, you're not really going to frazzle him. But they didn't get anything going against him at all. And you combine that with a quarterback who's really good against going through his reads. And, uh, like, a really smart, intelligent offense that's been great, you know, the last two years of picking apart zone coverages. That's kind of what we saw in Washington. But, you know, that's different than, like, the games against the Giants. You know, they gave a lot of points in. Um, and even that game against Los Angeles, they play well. They just had the red zone turnovers that kind of changed that game around. But their defensive line's worse this year than it was last year. And that's a surprising thing from like a front that's as young as it is. Well, and the other thing too, Matt, did they have one single sack? Uh, last week? Yes. I don't, I don't, I don't think so. Sack, which, when it comes to what we've talked about, just like what you mentioned, the front seven, what the hell is going on here? This was supposed to be our dominant team, especially with the East from what we saw last year 
where Ron Rivera was all about the defensive side. It's why they just got Fitzpatrick, because you felt like that you would be able to lean on it. Now, without it, it this team is nothing now, because you already don't have the quarterback that's going to be able to put you up points. So now you're relying on what? Your defense isn't going to stop anybody. Quarterbacks such as Josh Allen, if you're not even touching him one play, then he's going to be able to do whatever he wants. Because to your point, it doesn't matter if you're going to not rush him. He's just going to be able to pick you apart with the defense you don't really know how to run because you're not used to it. Yeah, and they so they had zero sacks and six quarterback kids. And so they got close to him, but that's kind of the problem with Allen too. It's like he does not care if you're about to hit him or not. He still delivers it cleanly. And the play I really can't remember from that was uh, Cameron Curl had that blitz off the edge against his blind side. And like Allen saw it. But he like hung in there, waited, waited for Sanders to get open and hit him in a hole in his own coverage, you know. And so it's kind of like that all over all over the place last week. You know, and offensively, like Heineke, he can't see over the line of scrimmage very well at all, you know. And like he just can't see. And so like, if it's not open right away, he can't go through his progressions. If the pocket gets congested, he can't see over anybody at all. Like he doesn't know how to like it's like do what Russell Wilson does or Kyle Murray do where they're like able to get on their toes and they'll find passages. But I think one of the things those two guys do is they take really deep dropbacks. So then that way they can you see over the see over their offensive line. But the problem with that for Heineke is they just have the same level of speed as those guys do. The same ability to break tackles that those guys do. So if he goes that deep in the pocket and somebody sacks him, you know, he loses eleven yards, he doesn't have the same ability to break break tackles at all. Um but, I, I mean, he just made two mistakes. And also, that Logan Thomas fumble really kind of crushed him also. Because after that, they were down 21-0. And the game was kind of, like, effectively over against a defense as good as Buffalo's this year, too. Well, no, exactly right. And then once the turnovers happen with this team, and Josh Allen is pretty much just going to throw a perfect game against you, was it four TDs, 358? So, essentially, Washington stood no chance from the get-go. If you're not going to be able to do anything against Josh, I just— do you blame Heineke? Like, do you expect Heineke to ever put, I'll put it this way, do you ever expect Heineke to put up 358 yards and four TDs? Yeah, th- no, they didn't lose because of Heineke. They're like, they're losing because they should have a top five defense and they've had like a, a bottom that's- 10 defense this year. And that's the problem. Exactly it's right. It's that and- damn division. If they were playing, no, in the, if they were playing in the that- NFC North, they would have a great defense right now. But they had to play in this, in this BPD you know, Barbie, Barbie know ass, div- this BPD Barbie ass division, this the NFC East. And now, now they can't, now nobody knows how to rush the passer out of nowhere. It's absurd. I hate the NFC East. It's all because you're in the NFC East. It means that your playbook or the players the next year just all of a sudden make the opposite effect. Nothing yeah, because they won the, di- you win the division. This is a, ha- this is what happens the following year. Okay, well, that's true. All right, if that's your argument there on the winner of the division of the previous, okay, you got me there. Because, yes, that is a very true statement. It always happens. Yeah, it's stupid. Um, So I want to talk about the Jets also. So I was going to let you – this was just not what I was expecting when it comes to this because this looks like the exact same Jets team. Yeah. Like, I don't know (laughs) – like – I don't understand where the team is even going. It's the same thing of essentially setting everybody up for failure. And granted, I'm not even blaming Wilson, really. Guys drop passes from him. It's just – and no protection. I mean, he just got murdered all day where I felt bad. I was like, come on, man. You got this. You can finish this game. It just – 
it was rough, and I don't like anything they're doing. Yeah, offensively, the only bright spot is Elijah Vera Tucker, the left guard they drafted in the first round. He's been awesome. Like, he's been a lockdown pass protector. He's been really good in the outside zone game. Uh, Mecky Becton makes me so angry. Like, he has all the talent in the world, but he's big and he's slow this year. He looks overweight, and he doesn't play very hard either. Like, he's he just, everything he does is so, like, laborious, you know? And then the right side of the offensive line is just as bad as we thought it was going to be. The center position is bad, too. And they also kept doing these, like, chips against Von Miller. And, like, you can't chip Von Miller because, you know, he does. He runs around it. And now he has nobody in front of him. And he's able to bend the corner really well and able to to get the, to the quarterback. And, like, both of his sacks are kind of, like, weak sacks in that Jets game. One was because of a chip, and the other was just kind of a cleanup sack chasing Wilson on the pocket. And the pass rush really wasn't, like, overwhelming against the Jets by any means last week. But there's just nobody open against the best secondary in football. And Wilson's having to hold it, hold it, hold it, and try to make plays. And that's what it kind of led to as well. And, like, they're not doing anything that you'd expect from a Mike LaFleur offense. Because Matt LaFleur is his older brother. But this is Mike. And Mike is, uh, you know, the Hill Country Fair version of Matt LaFleur. They're not running, they're not running play action passes. They're not running bootlegs. They're not getting Wilson out in space at all. They never stretch the field uh, vertically at all. They don't run route combinations. They create easy throws at all whatsoever. Like they're, it's really like they're trying to cannibalize uh, Zach Wilson right now. They've scored 20 points this year. That's 6.7 points a game. That's dead last in the NFL. Like, I don't really blame Wilson. Like I don't, I don't have a good feel at all for him. Like, he's made like two really, gr- like three really great throws against Carolina, and that's been pretty much it. But I don't really blame him for how bad this offense has been to start the year. No, I, I actually don't either, because he'd been watching with the game last week. I, and by the way, I'm going to say that you, you try to say that Denver didn't really go after him. I mean, five sacks a guy had. They, yeah, they... I just, well, I just mean like the pressure wasn't overwhelming. Like you can have sacks because a lot of them were covered sacks, you know. You were saying that it was because he was holding it versus getting rid of it because everybody else was just uh, guarded or Yeah, covered. and they had problems like picking up inside blitzers. Like you have the. Yeah, their go- like their right guard was you know, turning his whole head the opposite direction, missing the interior like rush. Like they weren't getting beat by like one versus one pass rush matchups matchups very much. It was a combination of like missing interior loops, chipping Von Miller, and then just having nobody open at all. Well, no, and I also believe that I I think I saw two draw passes, and then you have penalties galore going on mm-hmm. where even with the field goal they hit a field goal, but oh no, it's a penalty five yards. Now they have and to then they punt. Had a punt. Yeah. So it's little things like that though, that then take away from what anything Zach Wilson could get going where that's, I can't blame him. Even with receivers are in certain plays with fourth down plays. It's either a penalty or a guy's dropping a pass. It's hard for me to blame him. I mean, throwing the ball 35 times and only completing 19 passes. Ugh. It just, it was rough to watch. I felt like Denver just manhandled them, but New York never stood a chance, and this team just isn't getting better for me. And what the hell is with the running back? Why can't this team have a running back? Oh, You're always big on having one running back. I mean, I think what? Michael Carter is, is by far the best running back they have. With what? He had nine carries, 24 yards. Yeah, I understand that. But like, he at least breaks tackles. The problem is like they're they're running outside zone and they you have to have five good blockers to run outside zone, and they have one really good block right now in Vera Tucker. Do you think That's this it. team? 
Uh, I you would guess so. I maybe, but you watch Detroit, for example. Well, they get to, they get to play Houston week twelve. Houston wins that game. It depends. If Ty, it depends Houston. if Tyra. It depends if Tyra plays or not. No, 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 no. Your quarterback started hitting some shots there in the second half. He had no, one drive. No, no, no. He exactly comes, one drive. I think that the New York, New York Jets are probably the worst team I've seen this year. Um, the other, the other thing that's funny about the Jets is they have like five cornerbacks, all younger than twenty five years old, and none of them like they're just trying to see who's good and who isn't. Their pass rush has been pretty good though. Like Fadu Kazi's been kind of similar to Linval Joseph as a run stopper. Sheldon Rankins has had some juice as interior pass rusher. Um, Franklin Myers has been you know, really like their best edge rusher by far. And Quentin Williams had some great reps, but like he hasn't had like a dominant game just yet. But I think my the, my favorite player on their defense though, C.J. Mosley, because he hasn't played football in two years and he's been terrible this year. You know, he had the he had the ACL tear like week one in 2019. He sat out last year because of COVID, and he's back on the field. But I like I don't make it's not that he's played two years that's been hilarious. But this all season though, he's like we're gonna knock guys on their asses is what he said. Like he was like really ahead of himself about how the Jets are gonna surprise people and all that. And he's been terrible. He's been you know a complete disaster coming back out here after after what? talking about how how they're gonna knock guys around and whenever the season gets going. Hold on, hold on, okay, okay. So what type of injury did he just come back from? Well, he can't not just come back from. He had an ACL tear week one, 2019. But he sat out last year because of COVID. So why He's are... slow. He misses tackles. He can't You're cover like anybody. This guy. I yeah. not really do much to deserve this type of hatred, this singling out right now of why you're laughing. I just feel like he's a guy that's coming back. He just wanted to boost his team. Now, I will agree. You thought, I even thought that maybe the Jets would win a few games, but no, not after watching what I'm watching. And CJ mostly is a contributor to how bad they are. I'm just not laughing like you. My God. I'm out of God. I'm going to go to hell. I mean, it's just like really indicative though of the Jets like the last like five, six years where they make a big free agent signing on a player that really doesn't matter very much. And they signed a ton of guys that offseason. They're like, we got to build around Darnold. We're going all in on it. And then none of those guys are good, you know? And so here they are, and they don't have a lot of talent. And they like their offseason this past year, I think, was pretty good. Um, but this is talking about, like, a bad decision they made, you know, three years ago. And here it is, and he's the center of the defense. And, you know, he's been bad. But like, the pass rush has been pretty good. Um, the cornerback play has been better than I thought it was going to be. You know, like Teddy's so good throwing the ball downfield that they really didn't have a chance at all against Tim Patrick and Corlin Sun the weekend before. But it's been okay. Like their defense is average. It's not like bottom five. But yeah, this is the worst offense in football. You know, far and away. And um, who do you think has been the best rookie quarterback so far? The best rookie quarterback. Yeah. All right, man. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say Lance, and that's only because he at least whenever he <laughs> a few plays will score. So it's making me feel like, all right, we got something. So that's where I'm gonna go with because I really want to see Trey Lance go, and I just don't think I'm gonna be able to. But that's what I want. Yeah, I'm actively rooting against Garoppolo. Like I can't watch the Niners. I like I have zero fun watching them right now. Can I? Okay, so you and I have talked about the most boring. So 
the most boring winning team has got to be. Watching a 49ers game, for that to be like the late night, Sunday night, or a Monday night, whatever night, they're awful to they're watch. They're a waste of time right now. They are. It's so brutal to have to sit through one of their games. It's like looking at pain. It's like peeling pain. It's horrible. Oh, run. Oh, run. Oh, short pass, run. It's so Screen awful. pass to Kittle. Overthrow. It's... Throw to double coverage. Should have been picked off. Wasn't picked off. Wasn't picked off yet. One, one hopper. <laughs> oh, it's, that is the most boring winning team I've ever seen. I think ultimately, ultimately, whenever Land starts, I think it's going to be like RG3 whenever he finally gets the chance to start. Uh, I don't know when it's going to happen, but it has to happen. I do think Lawrence has been the best rookie quarterback, though. Like, last week against Arizona, he had three turnovers. One was because his tight end dropped a pass that was picked off. The second, the second one was because they ran a flea, they ran a flea flicker, but they oh. ran outside zone on the flea flicker. You can't yeah, do that. They were winning. They were winning at that point. The yeah, game. They were, like they were the, winning the game. The flea flicker is not the issue. The issue is that they were running outside zone as a way to mask the flea flicker, and so they just gave JJ Watt like a wide open pass rush lane that he was able to split, and then he throws this like back footed, you know, touchdown that didn't go anywhere. And then his third uh, turnover was because James Robinson was in pass protection and bumped his elbow and it was a fumble, you know? And, like, the the throws he makes, though, like, he makes, like, five throws a game that are incredible, at least. We're not seeing that from Wilson. Mac Jones is is so boring right now. So It's dumping off central. It's, hey, I'm going to dump. Hey, I'm going to dump. Hey, I'm going to dump. It's all he is. Yeah, and, and Trey, Lan- Trey Lance, I mean, I, we haven't seen Trey Lance really at all yet. Justin Fields had more sack yards lost than passing yards last week. And Davis Mills is terrible as well, too. So, I, I mean, I still think it's Lawrence. But I don't think any of these offenses have done a very good job for the quarterbacks they drafted, you know. And that, like, we're kind of expecting for rookie quarterbacks to be pretty good right away if they're good because coaches have done a good job over the past few years of creating an offense that is limited, that takes advantages of their strengths. And none of these teams have done this at all so far this year. It's excruciating. I feel bad for these guys. Well, yeah, I mean, exactly right. So we were talking about Zach Wilson and how it seems like that the Jets are just setting up for failure, where then you have Trevor Lawrence. I don't know what the hell is going on with Jacksonville. Again, me watching the Arizona game, I'm sitting back going, how did Jacksonville lose? What's even going on here? And all of a sudden, that stupid-ass flea flicker where then Trevor Lawrence throws it on the back of his foot on his heel where you're like, well, you're not Patrick Mahomes. What are we doing right now? Well, it was, it was Just, that or either like he should take the sack, but it's like it's that or you take a sack for like a, a 13-yard loss, you know? But I just don't even think he's been that impressive, which is what we've talked about. Well, whenever it comes I mean, like to that, that but like stuff. that touchdown, so that touchdown he threw to Chark though in that Houston game was beautiful. That that touchdown he threw to uh, DJ Chark. Chark against Arizona was beautiful. Like he makes like three or four throws a game, they're outstanding. It's just the offensive structure is just such a mess, and his offensive coordinator is also Darren Bevel, who's the OC at Seattle that. You know, Russ, that limited Russell Wilson for like six years in a row too, and so and then also his his quarterbacks coach is Brian Schottenheimer, who also limited Russell Wilson as offensive coordinator too. So I don't really understand like the offense they're running, how why they don't run the ball more as well too. With James Robinson, um, 
Yeah, and like they're also trying to do a lot of stuff with Lavishka, Chanel, and he's been bad this year. Like he doesn't he hasn't really broken very many tackles. He's dropped a lot of passes too. And I think like the Jacksonville team has been letting him down more so than Lawrence being, you know, playing poorly at all, you know. Well, I would agree with that, because I'll point to this way, man. How long does Urban Myers stay with the Jacksonville Jaguars? I don't know. I think he's already looking for his EKG machine after that. That was my joke after the Texans game. He's already trying to fake a heart attack. But I don't I really have no idea. I don't know. I think he's gonna stay. Like I mean, if it's like if you're a coach and like you're a super competitive person, like you go in a situation like that for the challenge, you know. And so I would hope he stays. I hope he sticks around. Uh, they, but I really have no feel for it. Do the Jets and the Jacks play against each other this year? Yes. I want tickets to that game, and I want to go to that game. Where do you think it's at? Uh, if it's in Jacksonville, we have to go. That's what I would want more than anything. I would. I would want that. What's cool about the Jags right now is they still have like a really loud crowd, you know? Yeah, and also, crowd. and also Lambo missed two field goals and two extra points last week. I know. And the extra points were so yeah. bad. Oh, like that's my. how you score 19 points. And so I don't, I mean, that was a game that was very winnable. They should have won. Shut um, up. Yeah, but they did not So they play the jets the day after Christmas in New York week 16. Oh. <laughs> My God! So you're telling me that I could do? We could do this Christmas in New York is yes. what? You, that's what you're wanting to do right now? We could do this. I won't tell the wife if you don't tell the wife. That's the hard part, though. Christmas in New York. Oh my God! Now we're talking. It sounds, it sounds like a Taylor Swift song. That that's exactly what this is. Christmas in New York. Christmas in New York. The Jets and the Jags. <laughs> there we go. Uh, I wish I could sing better, but I don't. So we'll we'll play this game one so more shame. time. I think we're going to keep doing this until there's no more undefeated or defeated teams because it's kind of fun to do. So give me your best winless team. We have the Jets, the Giants, the Lions, the Colts, the and the Jaguars. So we have one, two, three, four five winless teams right now which one is the best of this bunch i don't want to look like an asset but i'm gonna look like an asset only because i'm not hopping on i'm gonna repeat myself i'm not hopping on this train but i'm gonna go with the motor city dan campbell there I'm we go. go i told you don't, don't make any other comment but i'm gonna go with the they're Detroit. fine i'm gonna go with them only because they just seem like, especially with last week, they should have won last week, if not for Justin Tucker having the biggest nuts anyone's ever seen. I think that the Detroit Lions at least have a shot of winning some games here. Yeah, they're a lot of fun. And like, also, Aaron Glenn, I think, has done a really good job as a defensive coordinator. And it's just hilarious. Like This is the, pretty much the exact same defensive talent that Matt Patricia had. And like they actually know how to stop the run. <laughs> they're playing pretty well. They're playing. It's yeah. Really- how much harder this entire team overall is playing. It's really crazy. And I think Anthony Lynn's done a good job also, like creating easy throws and like running like a good West Coast offense too for, for Jared Goff. Um, did, did you also hear the, the call for Agnes' kick return by Gus Johnson? No. Oh, wait, yes. yes Agnew. 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 Agnew breaks it outside. 
Agnew! Oh, Agnew! <laughs> it's so good. It's absolutely beautiful. It's really amazing. You just have to look it up just because the excitement from him. I never knew somebody could have that excitement for the Agnew. It well, it's great. like as soon as he caught it and he goes, Agnew, I'm like, oh, this is going to be exciting. <laughs> Building it. It was such a build up. <laughs> yeah, he, he's the best at that. Uh, I absolutely love Gus Johnson. Like there, there's that old Bill Simmons trope called the law of Gus. And so whenever Gus Johnson's calling a game, it's going to be exciting. And it came from like him doing March Madness games where every single game Gus Johnson called was you know, usually bonkers. But yeah, that was, that was so much fun. And it was also fun from that. And then you have Justin Tucker actually nailing the longest field goal in NFL history. And it's, and the reason why I can never see it be broken it's because, well, you can probably in Denver, but anywhere else, no. And it's because of how it, it hit the pole and it bounced in. So the fact that it's even that long for Justin Tucker, where it's barely there, but he has front spin on it, so it's going to go in. I'm, yeah, and I liked his little hop, too. Oh, it was. It was like he, he happy gilmore did. Of course he did. And it's because and by the way, he missed a field goal earlier in the game too. He missed a forty seven yarder. Yeah. So it's it was pretty amazing to watch, but it's also the same thing for me. And I guess we'll talk about them a little later as well. Once again, Lamar Jackson bailed out. Yeah. Once again. We'll get a chance to talk about that. Um it was also yeah, they also robbed that graphic to me, that kick that he had made 39 straight fourth quarter or overtime field goals in a row in NFL records. Like, well, this is kind of rude to throw him out here for this one. You know, there's no way he's going to pull this off. If, do you remember that sports science thing that ESPN used to have? No, no, I know exactly what you're talking yeah, about. I hate, I, yeah, I hate that nerd. I want to fight him. But I would like to watch the sports science on Justin Tucker's kick and how low the probability is and the front spin he put on the ball and how it hit exactly at this angle, which gave it, you know, enough momentum to come over the crossbar. I want to watch that. It hit the middle of the bar and spun in. That was I, like, who the hell can do that? Who has front spin? Got it done. Like what the hell? Again, he was bailed out. Lamar Jackson was bailed out. Um, talent wise though, I think the Colts are the best zero three team. I know it's kind of a cop out, but what? Uh, Copying out just like I am right now. What are we switching places here? I'm, I'm talking about like they're they're not the most fun 0 and three team. They're not they're not very much fun to watch at all. But I think they're the best 0 and three team. I do Colts and Detroit play against each other? Uh, no, because they're playing yeah. the South this year. No, 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 no. I don't know. You this stupid. I hate this stupid 17th game. Uh, you don't I don't know anything anymore. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, That's this isn't a me problem. This is the stupid... Yeah, this isn't everybody problem. Hold on, hold on. I'm going to look. I'm going to look. They play the Jets. They play the Jags. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, no Lions this year. Rams too? No. Yeah, they play the West this year. Yeah. Because Houston has to play the Rams. Um, But I mean, like, it's it's kind of fun watching Carson Wentz, though. Like, turn anything into bad pressure you know they'll hold on the ball for seven seconds and turn something into something completely overwhelming every time i the, the titans had a funny thing where julian blackman was kind of talking crap about derrick henry how he's like not the heart attack or whatever and uh in his press game conference 
And then after the game, they asked me, I was like, I didn't miss a tackle today. And so they made like a mission accomplished. And it's like Julian Blackman didn't miss a tackle. I think Blackman's great. Like they're promising Kari Willis on, you know, they're, they're two deep shells. But I I mean, like talent-wise, they're probably the best team of this 0-3 start. But I'm loving every single second of these Colts' losses. And uh, again, it just vindicates me about how smart and beautiful I am talking about the Colts missing the playoffs and everything else this year. Oh my! With Carson Wentz God. being an absolute this failure. Is so pathetic, and this is a what? Oh my God! So you only wanted to bring this up just so you can say that you were right about the Indianapolis Colts? I still think they're the best zone three team, but right now about? that I brought it up, that they're going to be pretty bad this year and Carson Wentz isn't very good and it wasn't going to be very good I said this was only Carson Wentz's chance to be good with the coach I will say after watching the first three games Matt this is a god awful team yeah Frank Reich doesn't look very happy with him too no like with Phillip he looked different with Phillip Rivers at quarterback he does not look the same with with Carson Wentz but yeah they they had Andrew Luck Brissett Rivers Wentz Um, I'm hoping for Garoppolo next year no, Garoppolo's going to go back to New England. He's we all probably, know that. He's probably going to go to Houston, actually. What? We talked about this, I think, last week. They're no. gonna tr- yeah, we I... talked about this. They're going to have three top ten picks. They're going to go this. all defense. Happening. And they're going to trade a second for Garoppolo. I still don't think it's happening. You say whatever you want to me. Either way, they're getting rid of him because it's 20 mil off the books. See, I yeah. remember. He's gone. Yeah, you got it. Iron yeah. Trap. <laughs> Ah, uh-huh. All I know is, though, he's still not going to Houston. I just can't see it. I just can't. It's ex-New England people still in Houston. He's going to New England. It's, it's the most Houston thing to do. I'd watch you, Mac Jones. Uh, uh, Bill's just going to be like, look, I was right about one guy. All right? And his name was Jimmy. He wasn't even right about Jimmy. I know. But you know what? Bill looks awful right now. That team... Is going to look so bad against the Bucks. It's going to get ugly really fast, really quickly. I think the one thing he looks he looks bad at is the John Smith and Hunter Henry signing so far, but they've made zero impact. And Smith yeah. can't block and he can't catch right now. Um, so the next thing here is the worst three and O team. We have the Rams, the Cardinals, the Raiders, the and the Broncos and the Panthers. So we have Panthers. Broncos, Raiders, Rams, Cardinals are the last undefeated teams left. Who's the worst one of the bunch? All right. So the worst one of the bunch for me is my personal opinion. But I'm going to go with the Panthers. And that's just because after the McCaffrey, I know it's a little bit easy to pick them because he's hurt now. I just still am not. I, I like me some Darnold. I think this team is better. I just think that they're kind of playing over their shoes, over what this team really is, which is why I say the 3-0, and they are probably the biggest phonies because I don't see them really getting past 10 wins. I'll put it to you that way. Yeah, they if they had McCaffrey, I think it would be a, a little bit different of a conversation. But since they don't have McCaffrey, I would agree with that too. Um, and they also lost J.C. Horn last week, and that kind of limits how they can play man coverage. Yeah. I know they added C.J. Henderson to try to play the slot, but that's it's going to be a, a really hard game this week against Dallas. So to recap, last week I went one and three. You went one and three. I'm two and six. You're one and seven. Uh, this may be a hole we can't climb out of, but tonight we're previewing Houston Buffalo. The Bills are 16 point favorites. This isn't what? a college football game. This is a professional football game. We have Carolina, Dallas. The Cowboys are four and a half point favorites. We have Baltimore, Denver. 
Denver's one-point favorites. And we have Arizona, Los Angeles, and the Rams are four-and-a-half-point favorites. So I'm going to start the clock here with the Buffalo Bills. Uh, Josh Allen heard you, Taylor. He heard you down there uh, uh, talking, talking, talking about how he hasn't looked that good. Uh, you know, the Bills should be worried about him. You know, he's not very good this year. Um, you know, you better watch out. Maybe he's back to being the old Josh Allen. Who is this guy? And he answered you last week. This is like a Bloody Mary sort of game for Josh Allen. He had 358 passing yards, five total touchdowns, and uh, he also ran for like three first downs. And it was just a complete game from Josh Allen last week. Okay, all right. So, so can we make one thing clear here? I believe I picked Josh Allen as my MVP this year. Did I not? I picked him too. Okay. All I'm saying is don't try to throw it in my face. Being I'm just like, going oh, off of what you said last week. Hey, this is what I saw because we've even talked about it earlier in the day. It was all about the Washington defense just not being able to do anything. I will give the Josh Allen throwing the four TDs because, I mean, everything was nice. Everything was there. I mean, this was exactly what the Josh Allen I was expecting to see every single game. So maybe this was this turning point where he needed to listen to this podcast so then I could light that fire underneath him so that he could come out with a performance like this. Because now I will give you this. What I will compliment you on, I think he's got a new favorite person. His name is Emmanuel Sanders. Yeah. Because all of a sudden they have quite the connection when it comes to even the deep ball. So Cole Beasley's been a little bit replaced, I feel. And even Stefan Diggs has taken a back seat because Allen's not really looking at Diggs all the time for the big play. Yeah, but I think it's just like a matchup thing for him, you know? Well, like the, and, and it's kind of like Sammy Watkins in Kansas City when they won their Super Bowl that year where you have so much attention devoted to Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey that if you just have it on the back end of the play, you have Sammy Watkins over there. He's getting one versus one matchups against you know, fourth cornerbacks. And so that's what they're doing with Sanders as well, too. They're kind of using him in a similar fashion. And he's able to get you know Fuller. He's able to get you know rookie cornerbacks. Um, he beat some guy with a weird last name as like an O or something like that. I don't know. It was like Alizias or something. There's a lot of guys whose last name starts with an O. I'll tell you. Uh, but he was able to to pick on him quite a few times also. But, I mean, I I think it kind of goes back to like that Miami game where, you know, Allen didn't need to be Josh Allen to fully win that game. You know, he he missed some shots. He was a little high. He was a little inaccurate. Maybe um, against Pittsburgh, I think it was more just like the pass rush and TJ Watt. Having such a good game against Daryl Williams, they was able to be comfortable. They Shame. lost that game because that that block punt. But like that was the 2020 Buffalo Bills offense. And like again, like I think what's important here for Buffalo this year is they're a complete team now. Their run game is average now. They have a top five defense again. And like when you look at how Kansas City's playing right now and how you know they're leaky, how they don't have uh, the same overall level of talent. Like the Bills are the best team in the AFC right now. And they have a complete football team. They should have a top five passing offense. They have a top five uh, defense right now too. And last week was kind of a game that we've been, where they finally you know, put together and it only took three weeks for it to occur. This wasn't something like week 12 had happened. This was week three where they, where they were able to have the complete game that you'd expect to see with the way the defense is playing right now. Now, it's funny that you threw in that the Buffalo Bills are the best team in the AFC. So I'm going to ask you that. Do you think that the Buffalo Bills are better than the Denver Broncos? Yeah. 
All right. Do you think that the Buffalo Bills are better than the San Diego Chargers? Yeah. When I said San Diego, I still am going to stick with that. And my last and final question, do you think that the Buffalo Bills are better than the Kansas City Chiefs? Yeah. Matt, all right. So for me, I am going to be saying this. I still am not confident. I'm just not. If he does this again against a different team, Washington has been doing this with every team they've gone up against. I think they're averaging giving up over 30 points a game at this point. So if I need the Buffalo Bills to at least beat somebody with a quality defense. I will say if they come out against the Houston Texans and they put up some points here and they do exactly the same thing of what they did against Washington, you're going to make me more of a believer. And that's just because Houston, for me, their defense at least was on put the Panthers in their place here and there. I think they would be able to do that with Josh Allen from what I've seen at the beginning. So I'm not going to call them the best AFC. I would still... I would put Chargers ahead of them. I would put Broncos ahead of them. And I'm still going to put the Chiefs ahead of them. Yeah, well, we're going to find out because they do play the Chiefs in Kansas City the following week. The thing about the Texans, though, in that, in, in that game against Carolina, they were able to get a little bit of a pass rush. The Panthers lost Christian McCaffrey. They had two trips inside the five-yard line where they only got three points out of. So like their, their points was a little misleading. And the second half, the Texans didn't stop them one time. And so I don't think the Texans defense was you know very good all in that game. And so now we have a game here where Houston has no impact pass rushers, where they're going up against a, a Buffalo offensive line that's pass, pass blocked pretty well, aside from Cody Ford against Ron Payne, aside from Darrell Williams against TJ Watt. And they're also going against a team that's going to play a lot of cover too. And Brian Dable is really good at scheming an offense that attacks zone coverages. That, and Allen's so good at like progressing through his reads. My favorite thing that he does, though, is like he'll go, like he'll be, you read one side of the field and he'll watch the crossing route. You'll come across like his left side of his eye and he'll just take one step and follow through and just like throw like a nearly like a blind, like, you know, laser and hit guys in straw like that. And so I'm expecting for a lot of like Allen having plenty of times to throw and then just like going to the opposite side of the field. Sometimes be standing flat footed, you know, in the whole of the zone coverage. So when it comes to then how they're the most complete team, are you confident then in the Buffalo Bills running game whatsoever? It's pretty good. Like Singletary's like missing tackles. Singletary? Aside from Zach Moss fumbling, that's like really the only thing that's that's scary at all. But but Moss has been really good as a pass catcher. Uh, Singletary's breaking tackles again. And they really haven't had to use Allen that much as a runner so far too. But yeah, like the, the run game's been you know average. And last year, it wasn't even that. Like They're averaging 4.3 yards a carry, which is 11. Last year is one of the five worst rushing attacks in football. I just think it's still in the type of moment feeling that you got going on right now. Because it's also, I mean, who is he beating at this point? At Miami Dolphins, and now he's beating who? Well, it's but it's not just this year. It's also a continuation from last year. Where last year promised that the defense was mediocre, and now the defense is playing at a top five level, holding Pittsburgh to you know, 23 against seven of those points as a punt block holding Miami to zero. And Brissett was, wasn't that bad that game either. Like it was, they were able to create turnovers. They were able to drive on his passes from the safety position. They were able to, you know, create a lot of pressure. And Brissett's, you know, receivers dropped a lot of passes that game too. And Washington scored 21 also. But it's like, now the fact they have a top five defense, you'd expect the passing defense to be top five level again. It's just, it's not just this year through three weeks. It's a continuation from last year. But the weird thing is, is that they're not going to play a good defense though 
probably until the Saints in Week 12 because they play Houston, Kansas City, Tennessee, Miami, you know, on paper, and going back from last year, they should have, like, a top-10 offense, but it hasn't been that good so far this year. And then they play Jacksonville, the Jets, the Colts, and they play the Saints and Patriots and Bucks, and that's probably, like, the, the toughest stretch they'll have um, this year. And it's a really easy schedule they have too right now. I was gonna say and, I'm looking at the remaining. What the hell is they have like? Yeah, this should teams. be a, this should be like a like a at least a 13 win team. Losing like they, at Pittsburgh week one hurts a lot, but this should be a 13 win team. They should easily be the number one seed in the AFC, and it's because you have what Chiefs, Titans that may give you trouble, Saints, Bucks, and you look at anybody else, and that's it. So they have truly four games. That are going to be difficult because otherwise it's Patriots, it's Falcons, it's Jets, it's Colts. Jaguars. Jaguars. So Buffalo should be running away with everything right now when it comes to what they've been performing. So to your point, I do see Josh Allen now being able to take off. I do see now the Buffalo Bills still being that now numero uno team. I just I'm not buying it yet. I need something else. Can if you can keep going with this domination factor, I'm gonna buy in and you're gonna be my MVP like I picked you before the year. I just didn't like the struggling in Miami. No matter what you say, I didn't like the yeah, struggling. Yeah, in Miami. I mean like the offense wasn't as sharp as it was, but oh, again, it, they were up they were up fourteen zero they were up twenty one zero immediately, like in the first quarter. And it. Allen was good in that first quarter. And then I think it's just like offense like we don't need to push it. We're good. Brissett's in. We're crushing him. Just let's just run the ball and hang out, you know. Um, what's kind of funny? It's like I guess funny is not the right word, but you know, for our website, like most people can only watch the Houston Texans, and so they don't understand the Bills will like plunder teams. You know what I mean? They're not the type of team that will like play against a bad team only only win by fourteen, and they'll kick heads in. And so I think this is a game where you know Buffalo should win like forty. I'm picking Buffalo forty-one to ten. What's the point spread? Wait, 40, 16. Wait, wait, 41 to 10? Yes. This defense hasn't been good, Taylor. The only thing that was good about them was they forced turnovers. They forced two two in the first halvings Cleveland, then Justin Reed got hurt. Mayfield had one incompletion against them. Yeah, but... One. But I, but I still like Davis Mills in that second half, man. He didn't really turn he me had, off. He had one drive. And, yes. then, and then all they did was they blitzed him to death, and he couldn't do anything. He was hit nine times. He was sacked four times. He probably should have been sacked five times, but they didn't challenge that one because it was late in the game where they had that forced fumble. And after, you know, like after that touchdown drive, they just blitzed him to hell, and he really didn't have an answer after that at all. And you know, Buffalo's been doing a lot, blitzing the overhang defenders a lot. They've been blitzing Matt Milano a lot. They've been bringing five, six consistently, and their front four pass rush has been a lot better this year. It's not like incredible so far, but it's been a lot better this year than last year too, and the blitz is what's been you know, making it just pretty much decimating too. And like, what are they? And like, Houston doesn't have like a one matchup on offense here that looks good. They can't run the ball well, and it's like Brandon Cooks. Brandon carry- Cooks, man. Yeah, but it's Tre'Davious White against Brandon Cooks, and Tre'Davious White's better than Brandon oh. Cooks is. How dare you? Brandon Cooks is a solid receiver. Over a hundred. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that he isn't. I'm saying it's Brandon oh, Cooks against like Tre'Davious White. Brandon Cooks. He's showing up out there. He is he's good. Doing I, he's been incredible this year. I'm not disagreeing with that. But I'm saying Brandon Cooks one one on one against Tre'Davious White is a matchup that you know he's going to win consistently. That's their whole offense. It's just, just Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks. 
Put a star next to it so then we can come back later to it. Because I'm going to pick Buffalo. I'll pick them 35 to 15, but I may want to change that. Okay. Well, I have them 41-10. I, mean, I think it's going to be a bloodbath. It's Davis Mills on the road in, in the chilly October air against a high blitz defense with this archaic defense that can't stop anybody going against you know, an MVP caliber quarterback. Well, maybe that they'll just pretty much just throw each other on too many tables. Maybe that's what they get to hope for, right? Is that the fan that's going to be out of it? They're just going to be tabled out. Uh, I have a question for you about the Texans real fast. So, so Houston, their next five games, New England, Indianapolis, Arizona, the Los Angeles Rams, and the Dolphins. If Tyrod Taylor misses all five of these games, what do you think their record's going to be? Two and three. Two and three. Two and three. How do you like them out? So overall, you're saying that they're going to be three and six. Yes. By the time Tyrod Taylor comes back. Yes. I think they can. I don't think they're going to win one of these games. Wait, you don't think they can beat the Patriots? You I don't think, think they, they can beat I mean, the I think Colts? they could. I think they could. I don't think they're going to, though. I think they're going to be one and seven whenever Taylor gets back. No. So you're saying they don't have a chance to win one? I don't. I think they have a chance to win one. I'm saying I don't think they're going to win one. You know what? I'm noticing you're not wearing your Houston T-shirt today. I feel like that is taking a lot of your positivity towards this team away. I feel like I need to see the T-shirt. Where is the Laramie Tunsil T-shirt? It's because Davis Mills is in. There's no hope. Oh, what are you talking about? I thought you said that everybody that backs up Tyrod turns into the greatest. No, not. This is an uh-huh. exception to the rule. Oh, so what? Now we're going with the exception. And also, I, also, there's one guy, and that was Herbert. Baker's pretty good, you know. I'm still not. Yeah, I'm not still the, not. He's that pretty slow. good. He's okay. So the next game we have here, Dallas against Carolina. Oh, Dallas is at home. They're four and a half point favorites. Um, that was a an absolute like beatdown against Philadelphia last week. And the Eagles are already having that problem that we kind of talked about entering the year. While they're streamless, their offensive and defensive line. They already have two offensive linemen in injured reserve. It's both their starting guards. Uh, Brandon Graham's on injured reserve as well, too. They can't cover anybody very well, and they have no linebacker play at all. And Dallas's offensive line just controlled the line of scrimmage in the run game. The pass game, you know, they promised blocking Fletcher Cox and, and Hargrave. But uh, in the run game, they were able to consistently, you know, move the ball, create rushing lanes, and they did a great job throwing play action off of it. I think the most unfair thing though that Dallas does is when they go empty with Schultz, Cedric Wilson, CD, Gallup, and Cooper. It's sickening. Cedric Wilson's my new favorite player. Gallup is still out right now. Okay, well, yeah. maybe one day. Right, Cedric right. Wilson's probably better than he is, though. Whoa, whoa! And you know why he's not? Otherwise, Because he catches the ball. Terrible. No, athleticism, yes, is there, but the not getting the two feet in, I was kind of like, come on, man, you're a pro. So that's where I was a little bit turned off because Gallup would have got the feet in. I get Gallup you. Gallup wouldn't saying, have even hey, caught it, though. I know. He caught I, that ball off that guy's helmet. He caught it off, and it was great. I mean, the eye vision was there. I mean, the fact that you made that catch was pretty incredible to begin with. I couldn't believe it when it happened. Uh, so do you want me to begin my love test? Yeah, let's hear it. All right. Well, first I'm going to ask you, do you feel bad for saying so many mean things about Dakery entering the season? No, not at all. In fact, 
uh, everybody felt that I was saying too many mean things about Zeke the other night against Philly because I would rather see more Pollard. But that's another story. I'll get to that later. What I do want to say about Philly before I get to Dallas and my love fest, man, I got a question for you with Philly. Why didn't they run the ball? I have no idea. I just, I just need that question answered, and then I can explain the game a little bit better because I, I believe it was a Dallas annihilation. But why didn't you run the ball? I have no idea. You have two it makes rushes. Zero sense. You have two rushes, twenty-seven yards for Sanders, and you don't give him another touch. I'm, I must be missing something here. Was this to set up Jalen Hurts as a failure on prime time to make him look bad? To where now, oh, all the word of mouths are coming to play where it's all about the trading. I heard a rumor that now the Deshaun Watson thing is back. I'm just not understanding the rushing thing because that seemed like a failure thing. That was a I setting up. I mean, I don't think there were any optics at all. I think that was Sirianni's game plan. You know what I mean? I don't think it, I think he just had a, I think it was a bad idea. I think they fell behind. And so he thought, well, I got, I, ha- I can't run the football. I got to let Hurts do everything. What, I don't think there's you, I don't like I don't think there's a conspiracy here against Jalen Hurts at all. I just think Sirianni made bad decisions that game. I, that was off. I just could not believe that whatsoever because the moment that Sanders touched the ball, he would get like five yards and then he broke away for that big one. I go, man, if they keep giving the ball, he's going to be able to push forward. But you're and by the way, also I'm going to say this about Dallas second because again, this is where the love fest begins. Diggs is so Marcus Peters. Oh, my God, is he Marcus Peters galore. He oh, just boomer bust. Exactly. That is all this man is. He is all about, I'm going to go for the pick. If I get it, boom, take it to the house, game over. If I miss, it's a touchdown for the other team. He is so Marcus Peters. The jersey, my dad even pointed out, his jersey's never dirty. It's because he's not doing that. That's not what yeah. he's about. He's about turning it over. Yeah, tackling so, Zicky. No, I think it's a great comparison. I, I love it so much to watch because I understand why I hate Marcus Peters, but why you also love to have him on your team because when the turnovers happen, I've never seen Dallas do this. I don't know what team I'm watching on defense. Whatever uh, Mike Davis is doing, whatever his name, what's his name? Uh, Dan Quinn. Whatever Dan Quinn is doing is They played a lot more man coverage last week too. It's, but moving, being able to move, our man now over to where he is a defensive end is just working out great. Yeah, Mike Morris, it's, it's just fantastic. And that uh, that rookie with the last name, the O, Alawazadi or whatever, that defensive tackle from UCLA, he had a great game too on the interior um, pass rushing as well. And Gregory looks quick again also. Yeah, there's just very- like, Dallas's defense just has like a lot of like pretty good veteran players now. You know, like J- uh, Jaron Curse has been awesome to start the year. They have Malik Hooker, who's playing like more of it, more of his natural role instead of just playing, you know, single high safety and having to cover the entirety of a cover three defense. Um, I think Kazi's been pretty good too. And aside from like Woods and then their other, you know, third cornerback, that's probably like the weakest spot of the defense. And the linebacker group is is good. You know, it's not uh, it's not worth having th- you know two first round picks and second round pick into. But it's been good so far. I think moving Parsons to defensive end's been a game changer too. And whenever Walker gets back, like this may just be like a like an average defense after uh, saying it was gonna be like a bomb five defense this year. Well, yeah, and just like what we talked about when it came in it where I believe that Dak was having to just put up these crazy numbers at all times, which by the way, uh you asked, I'm not saying I regret anything. 
everybody says, oh, Taylor, see, see, what I hate, though, is whenever I love what Dak is doing this year, and I'm all about it, and people then say, oh, he was like this last year. No, he wasn't. Cut, cut the BS, cut the crap when it comes to me. With Dak now playing the way he is, it's the initial just boom, it scored. Boom, it doesn't matter. I turn the ball over. I'm still going to get the ball back now, and I'm going to take it down again. I'm going to let everything go out the window. I'm not going to let anything affect me. Dak is just now a different quarterback for me. Maybe, maybe I'm missing something, but last year it wasn't like this. It only turned into this whenever they were 30 down. Well, this, and I think too the defense being better has helped out also. They don't yes. fall inside these like big holes, and Elliott's not fumbling a lot too, and they're not turning the ball over, and they're not having to play like these stupid games. Like they won their close game, and last week was you know annihilation. Um, but yeah, it's been it's been surprising to see. And like I had some, I didn't think Dan Quinn's defense would work just because their front four pass rush hasn't been there. But I don't think they've been playing all that much cover three last week, you know. And the same thing against Los Angeles too. I think they've been playing more cover one and playing more man coverage, and they've had success with it. Uh, you mentioned, you know, Diggs. I don't think if Smith falls or if Smith doesn't fall, I think they still pick six. I don't oh, think yeah. Amaro's not played all whatsoever. I know the commenters are saying, "Oh, and Smith slips on the routes." Like, no, nah, he's an off man. He's reading that the whole way, and he breaks down on it. He took like three steps in front of the guy. No, no, no. Diggs had that from the very get-go. That ball was gone. Uh, so so this game, Carolina on paper have one of the best defenses in football, but they played the Saints, you know, with a backup offensive lineman with zero wide receivers. After half their coaching staff had COVID, they couldn't pass a, a simple stunt on the interior. They played the Jets, they played the Texans. Do you think this Carolina defense is for real? Or I should say, do you think it's for real? Okay, all right. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't even want to answer the question. In fact, I'm just going to sign off and leave now because I'm so disgusted by what I just heard. I will say this. I, man, I'm not that much of a believer. I'm a partial believer, but I'm not that big of a believer. I'm not really throwing my hat at this team being like, oh, I believe in it. Like I said at the beginning, I think this is the worst 3-0 team I just think they're playing out of their shoes right now where eventually they're going to come back to earth. Again, this could be the Cowboy fan talking in me, but I feel like this is going to be the week where it's going to be exposed. And I don't blame it because Horn's out. We've talked about it. McCaffrey's out. But this is easily going to be a rough week for them. I I don't think the defense holds up. I think Dallas at least scores 30. I I mean, I think the defense should hold up because of how much talent they have on their on their front. Um, they they also lost Justin Burris too at safety, and he's been you know really good to start the year as well. Uh, their go. outside cornerback play has been good. They have AJ Boye coming back. They trade for CJ Henderson. That should you know, mitigate some. I really like if Carolina wins this game, they have to beat the interior of Dallas's offensive line. Like Connor Williams is is so undersized, they were able to just like run through with bull rushes. Derek Brown has to win that matchup. Brian Burns has to win his matchup against. Terrence Steele, and they also have to confuse you know, Dak Prescott as well with how they blitz and who drops back to. And uh, it's just hard like with how much how much skill position talent you know, Dallas has. And I think Kellen Moore has been really great this year. I know it took him like two years of getting beaten. It's like, why does he have this job? He's not very good. And then the hard knocks, optics, and everything else. But I think he's been you know, fantastic as offensive coordinator, his ability to attack the defense you know, really vertically this year. Not as much so much. They haven't been like as horizontally as they've been in years before, too. 
Um, so I think it poses a tough matchup. I think it's going to be a hard game for Carolina's defense, but this is like the first like really good offense that they've played this year. Well, yeah, no, I it's going to be really hard for them to be able to step up. And I will say this, since you made a comment about Kellen Moore, okay, you got to be able to explain to me why when we are on the four-yard four line that we're then going to put Dak Prescott into a shotgun to where he's now standing in the end zone for a safety. I just have to understand the thought process of putting the quarterback in a shotgun to where he's now in the end zone for a chance for the safety. I didn't understand that, and it's going back to, once again, sometimes Kellen Moore feels like he's playing Madden because Dak is so freaking good. Yeah. It's, it's little things. There's always a player or two that I just hate so much because I felt like he should not run on third and nine and pass, while then he should run when it's first and ten and not pass. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, there's a, it's like, yeah, it's not a computer model. There's, there's not. a human element to it. I, I don't know. I think he's just done like a really good job creating, creating easier throws. And like, I'd love that route combination to get CD Lamb open all play action after just run the ball, like just running inside zone over and over again against Philadelphia to start that game too. Um, you know, Carolina's offense, it's kind of similar to maybe like Denver. Like I think Denver and Carolina are really similar. I just think Denver's better. But it's like a really like well designed offense, you know. Like it attacks the whatever covers the other team is playing well. They do a good job of like using different, you know, two high safety beaters, using different man coverage beaters. And when McCaffrey in the field, like he's always there. But their problem is that there's no McCaffrey, so they don't have an easy source of offense. Like those players, like McCaffrey, like DeAndre Hopkins, I just call him a banana stand sort of player because like rest development. There's always money in the banana stand. And there's always easy yards and you know Christian McCaffrey. Um, but he's not there anymore, and so like it's not like Darwin's like, all right, well my first two reads are covered. I know I have Christian McCaffrey open in the flat. He'll be able he'll be able to break a tackle, and they have those choice routes available too. I think Chuba Hubbard was really bad in that Texans game after he went down. And then the other thing is their offensive line's been atrocious. They can't pick up stunts. Cam Irving's yes. been awful, yes. and they can't block outside zone. And so this is a game where like with Dallas's defense being and like Darnold still has some stink on him too. He's still a little stinky. Like, there's still a little of that nasty Donald in him. And like you see it like maybe three or four times a game and you have to capitalize on it. And uh it's um I don't know. Like I think Carolina could be good, but I'm not really buying their offense just yet. I like their defense a lot. I'm just not buying their offense just yet. But like, it's, a, it's a twenty four point a game offense. Do you not like Hubbard? I like. I think he was. I liked him as a draft pick, but then he wasn't very good last week. He looks tiny too. Like he looks really skinny. I don't think he was that bad though last week. I mean, he had eleven carries, fifty-two yards. I'm not really he like. Had, he had one. He had one game that was big, but he was kind of balled up aside from like one big run. I will. I'm not going to go as far as saying that Sam Darnold has more stinky on him, but I will say that you just feel like there's a little bit of jet on him. Hey, yeah, like that's what I mean. Like, there's, a, there's some, yeah, there's some stink on those steel beams still. He needs to be able to wear that off, which I think with this type of offense, you should be able to. The thing that kind of surprised me more than anything was that Robbie Anderson is not being fed more. It seems like it's a lot of DJ Moore or bust. And then to your point, it's looking at the other running backs. I just, I'm interested in this week for this offense because I know that you believe that this is only a 24 point game. I just think that they should. They should be able to put up points, even with McCaffrey being out. With Darnold, this should just be a slinging game. I just feel like that if you run the ball against Dallas, you'll end up winning. But for some reason, teams like to throw it. Yeah, and one well, Carolina can't run the ball either, and that's kind of the problem. Like I don't, and I don't, 
like you know, Darnold's been kind of like um the twentieth best quarterback in football so far this year. You know, he's been fine. Uh, he's him. been all right. You he know, yeah, like he there. Like this is the Darnold game. Like, is he like a franchise caliber quarterback? Usually, yeah. games like you need him to show them be better than this offense, and he'll have to be. So Dallas are four and a half point favorites. I was gonna pick Carolina. I start talking about it just because I'm t- this Dallas hot streak. It always they always lose a stupid game. I thought oh. last week was it after how you know pumped up you were, but uh, I'll pick the next time to, <laughs> against Dallas. So I'm gonna go the Cowboys twenty five, Carolina twenty. I'm oh too big my. of a hole now. Oh my god, you were you were saying, oh, I'm gonna pick against you just because you're too confident. And now that's what I did last week. Picking them. I had Dallas by 10. I listened to your spiel. I was like, oh, this is the game they lose. But actually, next week against the Giants is the game they lose. I disagree. I'm sorry, but I'm not buying that either. Not after watch. The NFC East teams this year have just disappointed me. I've been disappointed all around from what I've seen from the other three. But with the Dallas Cowboys versus this, dude, we got a slaughterhouse going. We got 41 Dallas. We got 24 Carolina. Because right. I agree with I don't think the offense goes over 24 points. Now without McCaffrey. And even with McCaffrey, it's hard for it to go over 24 points, too. I think they use, they can't because McCaffrey would kill us. McCaffrey would just destroy us. They could just throw him like one of those little slant passes and he would run all over us. Yeah, they run those choice routes with them where he reads the, the leverage of the defender and that's how he yeah. picks his route. It's like every play McCaffrey is a choose-your-own-adventure novel. So the next game we have here, the Baltimore Ravens against my undefeated... Oh, Denver my. Broncos. The Broncos are at home. They're one point favorites. Uh, you know, going into this year, you know, in the preseason, I talked about how this is going to be a top 10 pass defense or top five pass defense. This is the past, best pass defense in football to start the season. And it's about how Teddy Bridgewater is perfect for this team with the offensive line they have, with the running game they could have, with the amount of skill position, talent they could have, how he's a perfect like situational quarterback for a team with this defense they have. And uh, how Drew Locke, you cannot play him at all. And so here we are. The Broncos are three and zero after they beat you know some really good teams like the Jets, <laughs> the Giants. <laughs> you were just boasting about and the Jaguars, but they're three and zero. They're undefeated along with the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, their pass defense four point three net yards in attempt, which is first. They've only allowed forty two first downs, which is second. Their run defense is only allowing three point six yards in attempt. One of the kind of like questions I had was if is Von Miller going to look like, you know, 2017 Von Miller or is he going to be injured early on into the season? He already has four sacks and six quarterback kids. Chubb is hurt, but Malik Reed's pretty good. And this is also like, this is the best secondary in the NFL. Their safety combinations ridiculous with, um, with Kareem Jackson back there. And they also have you know great cornerback play, even though they have Darby hurt right now. Um, their pass defense has like their pass rush hasn't been all that great really to start the year, but their secondary is so tough they're able to get a lot of coverage sacks too. Have you enjoyed watching the Denver Broncos? Okay, all right, Matt, I'm gonna crush your bubble a little bit here. What the, is still the same old Teddy that I'm watching? There is nothing special about anything that he is doing versus what he has done in the past. Well, I, don't, I don't know why you're taking away from these deep passes he's throwing because that's um, what you're doing. It's not, it wouldn't mean the open passes where the guy is standing. They're not that. Go back and watch the video. Yeah, I've seen maybe two passes that were solid out of three games. Last week he had 
five downfield passes in the coverage that were completed. No. Yeah, I, I'm just not even blaming this. Because first of all, for the other teams that he's gone up against, this is disgusting. What I will admit to you, though, is that the defense looks great. And to your point where if you want to play this type of – this is what Washington is. This is what we expected Washington to be where you're relying on your defense solely where then you have the quarterback that's not needing to force it to then where he's not going to turn the ball over. Teddy is perfect for this team when it comes to that. The most impressive thing for me, though, has easily been this defense. I mean, they are getting after every single quarterback that they played. It seems unfair at times because the quarterback truly has about three seconds or less and you're done. It's It's been fun to I watch. When it's a I don't know. Team. I don't really think their like, pass rush has been all that great, though. I liked it. I, liked yeah, I mean, it. I'm not saying it's like it's not. I like it. Like, it's been good. But I don't think it's been like spectacular, you know. Like if you if you look at that game against the Jets, they weren't really kind of like overwhelming them with pressure. You know, I, I talked about earlier in the in the show uh, those chips where Von Miller is able to have like a real wide pass set uh, to get around chips against you know Fan. He had one really good rush against Fan too, but like I mean Wilson's holding the ball forever. There's just nobody open, and so it gives the illusion the pass rush is better than it is because you can't see, you know the the actually see the secondary down the field really at all too. But I think so the thing with Teddy is Yeah, I do. And I didn't think about Teddy, it's like he's playing perfect situational football. Like he understands playing against the teams he's played that yeah, he doesn't need to he doesn't need like to push and make dumb decisions against the Jets and the Giants and the Jaguars, you know? And so it's gonna be interesting this week. It's gonna be interesting, you know, the next three weeks, next four weeks, next five weeks when they play Pittsburgh, Las Vegas, Cleveland Washington and Dallas, like how much more he has to his game because I'm thinking I like he's made some throws and one of the things I've really have enjoyed about his downfield passing is that he's putting a lot more air under the ball. Like a lot of the ones he was missing, it's because he was trying to throw more of it on a rope and he's putting air on the ball like sudden scrub and get it. I think uh, Tim Patrick has 15 catches and 18 targets. Everything he catches is a touchdown or a first down. And they don't have Judy right now also. And, and Fant's been awesome in the play-action game too. And like, Teddy just knows, like, what he needs to do. He's a great situational quarterback. And he understands the opponent, what he has to do in the game. And so, like, against Baltimore, we may not see that. But against Vegas, it's going to be different. Against Cleveland, it could be different. Against Dallas, it's going to be different to see how much, like, more Teddy has in this game because I think from what we've seen so far, he's been I think there's more there that he has available to him playing an offensive situation like this. All right. So for me though, this is really a big game for Teddy because this should be where Teddy should continue his little streak that he has going on. I do not believe in the Baltimore Ravens whatsoever. I feel like they're just pulling things out of their ass at this point. For me, this is going to be a show me game for Teddy where if Teddy is making the downfield passes, which he should against this defense, if he is still controlling the ball the way he has been, then I'm going to be a more bigger believer in the offense. But right now, I just feel like it is all defense. With their secondary, to your point, saying, oh, well, Wilson wasn't able to see anybody, I actually like their front. I think their front is going to be able to make some plays here, especially against Lamar. That's what I'm most curious about is to see the Denver defense, who we both think is really good, to now see what Lamar is going to be able to do because I don't think it's going to be much. Yeah, and and like I get like I like their front. I don't. It's not like I'm I'm trashing their front at all. Downplay. I'm just saying that. Yeah, I'm downplay. I don't think their pressure's been. I think it could be better. I think there's a lot there. They haven't got much from the interior too. But yeah, I completely agree and. 
You know, I do think the Baltimore game was a little bit misleading because if Hollywood Brown doesn't drop three passes, you know, Baltimore wins that game pretty easily, you know. But the run game was shut down. They could not run the ball at all. They had problems moving the first level. And Detroit kind of did what Buffalo did last year. They sat on the overhangs. They sat on the pitches. They sat on um, they sat on Lamar Jackson on his keepers. They really kind of bottled everything and were able to, to contain everything in between the tackles. And it really kind of crushed their run game. And we're still not seeing Lamar throw the ball down the sidelines. And this is a Denver defense who has a pretty good run defense. You know, being being up by a lot makes that run defense a lot better. You're forcing teams to throw like they are. But this is a game where, like, Lamar could have three interceptions and he can't make bad decisions on. And he can't throw the ball to the middle of the field with Justin Simmons and Kareem Jackson back there. And Jackson, and, like, I love how they defend the run where they go two high safeties and they just rotate one back down the box as a robber and run downs and the other guy comes in to, to be the force defender in the run game. And there's nobody in the NFL better than that than Kareem Jackson. And I can't wait to watch him like really corral you know, Lamar Jackson, this Ravens rushing tech. I don't think I've ever seen him miss a tackle. And every time he just cuts guys in half. Well, no, and that's where I completely agree with you where, Matt, it's, this is where it's bothering me. This is where I said at the beginning of the season, which I still don't think I've been proven wrong with this, is that I think that Lamar Jackson is still regressing or just staying still. He's the same. It's just, it's not, it's not going anywhere for me where I feel like I agree where Hollywood Brown did drop a pass. I mean, my God, he dropped, he dropped like wide, three or four. And one of them was like a 40 yard pass where he's wide open too. And it just goes off the hands. Little things like that. I completely understand. It's just, we're still only talking about one or two passes from Lamar that are dropped versus he doesn't really have a lot of chances when it comes to those passes because he's not going to make them because he can't. And it's really just if he has stopped with the running game, he had one big run. Other than that, they pretty much shut that down where the Lions should have ended up winning the fourth and 19. Matt, was the play clock at zero? I don't think so. It was on it. It was the third down, actually. The third down is when it was at zero before they made that kick. Oh, but, oh the delay game. The delay game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was the delay game. It was complete. Even the announcer said zero, and then he just stopped. And it was like two more seconds after that, too. Yes. So it's for me, the Ravens team has just been getting away with it with the Chiefs, with the fumbles at the end that then made the Ravens be able to take control and make the fourth down call. I'm just and the not Chiefs, imp- and the Chiefs probably aren't they like the Chiefs aren't that juggernaut this year either. And that's part of it yeah, too. Yeah. I, I like the Chiefs still. I still think they're a great team, but you're they're not the juggernaut. So it's also they're still struggling with that big brother sense. They pulled it out, so I can't really say the big brother. It's just I'm not a believer still. I'm not. I just don't like that they're not really progressing because without the running game, they were screwed against Detroit. They were. Yeah, I agree with that. And like I don't, I didn't necessarily feel better after they beat Kansas City. I was just more like happy that Lamar finally won that game against Patrick Mahomes, you know, after yeah. being 0-4 against him. But like, I don't necessarily feel like Baltimore is a for sure playoff team by any by any stretch of the imagination right now. And uh, I just like, I just think like there's so much is like built around the passing tack right now in the football that it's always kind of refreshing for me to see like teams win like how Denver is. And kind of like how Carolina was the first few weeks of the year, where you can win like good defense, a good run game, and just playing like good situational football and moving in chains and converting on third down. Third down is not taking a whole lot of penalties. And the Broncos have done exactly that. 
And like Teddy's been better than even as much as I love him than I thought he would be too. And so it's gonna be fun to watch Denver actually play against a like team that's not zero and three right now. You know, like they're the teams they play have not won a game yet this year. I really hope that it turns into a kicking battle between Justin Tucker and McManus. That's the battle. That'd be fun I too. That would be a great time to watch. Because is this in Denver? Oh, yeah, it's in Denver. Also, I just like when these two teams play each other. Like, I think Denver-Baltimore is a fun game. I think it always ends up being close, too, between them. Yeah, it's always kind of a fun one. What's the late game? How is this not the late game? Well, it's because they're not talking about Bucks patriots That's, oh, my. But that's just drama. Yeah, that's, that's just, yeah but of course that's going to be the late game. You would have to listen to Chris Collinsworth talk about the drama. I don't want to listen to Chris Collinsworth, the real world, man. It's awful. Yeah, so that's awful. not that's why I'm not talking about this one. Uh, I also, I love Denver's running attack right now. Uh, Javante Williams has been awesome breaking tackles. He just had that one fumble last week on the toss play. And, like, people forget, you know, Melvin Gordon's still, like, really pretty good, you know? Sure. Wow. He's breaking tackles, and he's a good pass catcher. And they just have easy offense in this team, too. And, like, I'm excited for whenever they have that tougher stretch of games and we get to see Jerry Judy back in the fold because, you know, I think he's one of the 10 best route runners in football and he looked like he solved his drop issues too whenever you have Teddy Bridgewater throwing, like, a much more catchable football than than Drew Locke did. I don't know what you're saying about Drew Locke. I'm I'm saying that Judy dropped all his passes because Drew Locke was his quarterback. But he won't (laughs) drop what Teddy's throwing him because all that heart and that tight spiral. Lock those up, had Judy just slaps it away. I don't want so that. So get that crap out of here. Yeah. So the Broncos are one point favorites. I'm I'm going Denver. I know they haven't been by just yet. I think Baltimore's kind of cursed this year. I don't think Baltimore's really done a whole lot this yet this year. They're one and two one score games. They haven't wowed anybody. But the thing about Denver too is that it's not like they like barely beat these bad teams. They crush these bad teams. You know, there is never a question. Yeah. In any in any of those games that they were going to lose, yeah. So I'm going Denver. I'm going Denver 27-17. I hate that you and I are going to be picking the same here, but we have to, and it's because I I can trash Teddy all day long. I just feel like with the Ravens and their their injuries, I don't like their offense. I have to go with Teddy and the Denver Broncos because I still believe in that defense more than anything else. So I do have the Denver Broncos 27, and I have. The Ravens at twenty one. It's exciting. Oh, it's I'm gonna exci- be. I, I'm ex- I'm glad like the Broncos finally found like a competent quarterback after well, all those all- years. But that's what I feel like that Washington should have been. You understand? Like they maybe s- they should trade for Bridgewater. They should have. It should have been something like Wa- when- Washington no, I- would be three and zero right now if they traded for Bridgewater. Man, and the reason why I disagree is because the defense has not been good. Yeah, well, they would have scored 28. But you have to understand like, the heart and leadership Teddy brings to the locker room. Oh, my God. See, this one, I can't stand with this. I don't want to listen to this crap. No, he's not bringing that up. You need to show me videos. I need to see a Drew Brees pumping up moment from Teddy Bridgewater. You, not, leader, leadership oh, takes many yeah. different forms. It's not all rah, rah, screaming. That doesn't make you a leader. Okay, what's just presence? It's yeah, just presence. You make me sick. You make me sick. Teddy Bridgewater's presence. His actions. Yeah, you can go to hell. The way he brings people together. Oh, my God. He's like Olive Garden, you know? When Teddy Bridgewater's your quarterback, your family. No, nope, that's not it. 
He yes. does not have endless breadsticks. I refuse to believe it. I think he does. Oh, wait, I think they charge for extra breadsticks. <laughs> Bastards. That's stupid. So the last game we have here, Arizona against Los Angeles. The Rams are four and a half point favorites. So the Cardinals have the number one scoring offense in football through three weeks, 103 points. They beat Minnesota in a close game. They crush the Titans, and then they beat the Jaguars in like a fairly close game too. The Rams have the third best scoring offense with 95 points. Um, the difference here, of course, is that the Rams have you know a top five defense at the moment as well. Uh, are you buying the Cardinals so far this year? Are you a believer in the Cardinals? Man, this is, again, this is another toughie. And that's why this week was a little bit hard for me when it came to the games we were going to talk about because I'm not a believer still in a lot of these quarterbacks. Same thing with Arizona. I'm still seeing the same thing from Kyler. It's it's really just you're not making – and I don't get the MVP talks. You're, you're still not doing the things that I need you to do, which is dominating which is hitting like the guy downfield. I, I'm not there yet with this team yet, and I don't understand why. Yeah, there's still something kind of like funky about it. I do think Cliff Kingsbury's been so much better this year than last year. It's a lot more than Kyler scrambles. It's a lot more than DeAndre Hopkins speed out routes. They're also doing a much better job like picking when to run the ball. They're not trying to establish the run. They're also not running all these stupid stretch run plays too that get, you know, knocked out by a slot cornerback or, you know, the the lever defender on the overhang too. And so it's been it's been fun watching an Arizona offense that's finally, you know, well executed, that's actually, you know, being coached well too. And like really like with Kyler, the only problem is that he's just making mistakes. You know, he threw that pick to against Minnesota to Breland. He threw that pick against Jacksonville. I think he's having like a hard time like, you know, picking up the safeties and I think the talent's so like undeniable too that he thinks he can do more than he can in some spots. And that's really kind of the only concern I have is just the amount of turnovers that Kyler's had, kinda of like the like the the mistakes. But like he's not he's been a lot more accurate this year. He's been hitting his passes. The offense has been, you know, really well executed and they look like the offense we kind of won them to be last year so far this year. But I mean, you're you're saying that. But even last week against the Jags, like what we've talked about, I just watching that game. If you go back and you truly watch that game, you would feel like that the Jags were going to win it until the end of the third quarter, where Lawrence threw that pick six. If that doesn't happen, and their I, field goal kicker doesn't miss so many damn extra points, because good lord. But if those things don't happen, which are pretty big deal. It's like that's not Kyler. That's not Kyler making any type of play. That's him kind of lucking out because the Jags were the ones that made the mistakes. Sure, if we're saying that his mistakes are getting minor now, I'll give you that. But I'm just – I'm still not blown away like I thought I should be. He has the cannon. I believe in the arm. I believe in the guy. I'm just still not seeing the MVP talks that everyone is mentioning. Yeah, I'm not I'm not going that far. But I, I think the way you feel right now from that game, though, is based off of – Arizona 2020, not 2021. I think it's kind of the difference yeah. between the, these two teams from last year, this year. Like last year, they probably would have lost that game. But this year, I think they're just a much better and well-designed and executed offense. And I also think Rondell Moore has made a big difference to this team. I think James Conner has made a big difference, just ability to get you know, yards right. between the tackles too. And like Hopkins had, you know, that fade route that was called back against him. He had that touch. He had that fade route that you know, Murray leveled a little bit too far outside that he wasn't able to catch too. But like so much attention is devoted to him. It's put Christian Kirk against the third cornerback. You know, like Christian Kirk had a lot of matchups against Brooks that he was able to 
um, attack in that game also. And I think and I think that's important too for him. Uh, Max Williams is hilarious because he's like the most Arizona guy I've ever seen. But their problem has kind of been like they've had issues blocking at the tackle position. Daniel Hunter had a really good game. Um, you know, they had some problems with like Adam Gotsis last week. They had some problems like with their edge protection a little bit. You know, they were able to pick on Damian Williams a few times too. But I don't know. I just think this is a really good offense right now. And then defensively, you know, you've been right about Chandler Jones so far. Uh, J.J. Watt has one quarterback hit. That's it. Chandler Jones, five <laughs> sacks, 12 hits, five tackles for a loss. Uh, Byron, Byron Murphy, or yeah, Byron Murphy, he's been kind of like st- like uh, like Diggs in Dallas. You know, he's been like a Marcus Pierce type. He's been a real boom-bust player, but he's made some big plays too. And Arizona's playing Buda Baker a lot different this year. You know, it's about in the preseason how we were worried about their quarterback play. What Arizona's yep. done this year is that they put Buda Baker way up top and they're playing two safeties deep. So now they're able to cover up those issues more. And Baker's playing a lot of man coverage too in the slot as well. He's not so involved in the blitz and run game to kind of control the passing game has worked so far. They do have one real big hole with Robert Alford, their rookie cornerback on the outside. He's been getting beat a bunch. And, you know, that's one of the things that Los Angeles is so good at is like fighting matchups, exploiting it. And they did that last week against Ross Cockrell too. Well, I'll speak a little bit about Arizona's defense. So for me, I think that that's probably been the most impressive thing about this team is that they have at least hung on and they've at least been able to make plays to be able to help Kyler a little more this year. So overall, I think the team has made strides to be able to step forward much more than what I've seen from Lamar Jackson with Kyler. But you're going up now against the juggernaut for me. This is the team, Matt. This is the team I've been waiting for with Matthew Stafford. Did you see how McVay looked at him? McVay looked at him like he was the best thing he's ever seen in his life. Like he was the prettiest girl at the ball. Like he was the sweetest chocolate anyone's ever tasted. This was everything to this man. I have never seen a coach look at his quarterback. McVay was on the sideline puffing his chest. Oh my Lord. This Rams team is so scary. And it's now because not only Matthew Stafford just dominating, but it's because the defense now believes in their quarterback, which makes them even more dangerous. I they mean, this were is still the best defense in football last year by DVOA. You know, really? yeah, it was. Yeah, I get this that. is the yeah, but the, it was. And That's like, amazing. I think what's made one of the things we talked about this defense in the preseason was how much depth they lost. But Kenny Young has really stepped up. Justin Hollins has really stepped up. Uh, Taylor Rapp has really stepped up. Sebastian Joseph Day is the biggest ass I've ever seen. He's been awesome against the run too. Yeah. And like they found like, you know, these depth pieces have really kind of it's been next man up next man up on the defense real well. And also Raheem Morris, it's kind of similar to D'Amico Ryan's in San Francisco, where you know they're running the same like defensive shell, but Morris is bringing the blitz and he's doing what Brandon Staley didn't do, you know? And I think they're just a lot more harder to play against because of the blitz they're bringing. And I love when they use Aaron Donald as a defensive end, that one-by-three boss front. Like, they got down in that one-on-one match against Robin Krowski last week. It was just decimation with that bin, that edge bin was able to to pretty much like like a, a catamount leaping on a braid to force that fu- force fumble, too. But then the defense is the same shell. I think there's just another layer with Morris here as the, def- as the D.C. with his ability to, you know, blitz and really kind of bring it in that regards. I still can't believe that they were number one by TV. That doesn't even make any sense to me. They just they never – They didn't pop off the screen. I mean, against the Bucks, they were hitting Tom. Like, there was no – there was just 
there was no respect being shown where you know that you're going to be holding up a little bit because it's Tom Brady on the field. No, no, no. The Rams were destroying them, crushing them, where even against Gronkowski, they smacked him around like a yeah, rag. they were really hitting. Like, I've yeah. never seen Gronk get hit like that. No, and even just this, like, they were all clean hits, too, and every single person just seemed like they were getting smacked around all game. That's what was scary about me with the Rams, because like what I say, I just think that this team now believes in their quarterback overall. You can tell by their coach's reaction with the love fest going on. I just think this Rams, I thought this would happen later on in the year. For me, this is now just the scariest team in the NFL because they're still learning each other, and yet they're already this good. Yeah, well, and it's like last year they averaged, they allowed 18.5 points a game, which is first. So, like, I know it didn't feel like the best defense in football because of, you know, how they're able, like, they're a front-four rush team that played a lot of coverage really well, you know, and they used two-eye shells, they took advantage of that. Um, so it is, like, it didn't come off like it is. Like, now they're a lot more violent, a lot more aggressive than they were last year, too. The one kind of weird matchup here, though, is that Arizona's run defense has been awful this year. They're allowing, they're allowing 5.4 yards in attempt, which is 31st. But the Rams can't run the ball right now. They like only 70? have... They only have 3.3 yards in attempt. Yeah, Sonny Michelle can't, like, run laterally at all. Like, he's very rigid and stiff. Um, and, like, I, I really like Daryl Williams. I'm interested to see what happens. Hopefully he can play this week. You know, he's been by far their best running back. But, yeah, Michelle's not good. And so it really is just kind of like Matthew Stafford. And, like, their passing attack is screwed up. Like, whenever, like, Cooper Cup runs routes I've never seen before. Like, the little, like, dimensions he has to, like, that, that out route he had where he faked the pivot and then flipped back around to the pylon and uh, absolutely you know, torched the Tampa Bay cornerback. He runs such a good wheel route out of the slot too. And then Deshaun Jackson's the fastest man in the world at age 35 still. still. You know, like he he tripped that safety up 10 yards from him probably and just walked in the end zone. And it's sickening how fast it is. And so... That was one of the things we talked about in the preseason. Like with Stafford, the difference is that he can throw the ball downfield and Goff can't do that. But where, yeah, and then it's like where, but where is like the skill talent going to come and play to be able to like allow Stafford to make those throws? Like, well, you know, they're able to like run routes and break them off deep and kind of turn something like a a post into, you know, a sluggo and those sort of things. But uh, what they have now at Jackson is like that. There's like the, the skill position player who completely opens up the offense too. And like if Jackson's healthy, I think this is probably the best offense in football. Well, it's because no matter what, you have to account for him now. It's now kind of like a Tyree Kill situation where you have to always be paying attention to him with the safety because the moment that he gets behind you, it's done. You could never bring up the safety because if Deshaun Jackson is on the other side, it, it's done. And now that Matthew Stafford's able to pinpoint because that's where he is better. I mean, that's where you can clearly see the difference between him and Goff, where you even see with Goff, if guys are open at certain plays, sure, it's a tough throw to make, but Goff is still missing it. It's still not like a beautiful thing to watch versus Matthew Stafford, even in a tight situation. It just seems like that it's a much better throw. It's a much better ball going through the air versus what you watch with Jared Goff. I just think that with this team now, you, you even said it. The Cooper Cup thing doesn't make any sense with his routes. And this is only just the beginning. So if he's getting used to this offense more and more with Robert Woods, with Higby now being able to be fed. This... I, lo- I love Higby. I wish he was better oh, last year. They had, that whole, they had that whole drive. It was just like Higby tied in screens. 
Yes, it worked every freaking time. But I agree in a way where if you're the Rams, the whole Stafford and the whole receiving core is only going to do so much because other than that, you're then turning into the Kansas City Chiefs where you need something else. You need a run game. So, yeah, hey, Michelle, yeah. I, 20 carries, 67 yards. What were you doing? Well, whenever Williams gets back, it's it's a lot better than it is. But right now, it's yeah, one of the right. one of the worst run games in football. And also, like the Bucks are great at stopping the run. The only thing that was surprising too last week was how well they pass protected against Tampa. Like Tampa had zero pass rush that entire game. They had no problems at all pass protecting against them. And you know they were they were without Jason Pierre-Paul, and that makes a big difference. And like Tampa also didn't have uh, they have Antonio Brown. They made some of a difference too. So like, we didn't study the full Tampa team. They had recently added Richard Sherman, which is somebody I think they need with the court, like with everybody picking on Cockrell like they are. But I wonder who else like Tampa's going to add too. You know, like you're going to see veterans who get off the couch, be like, yeah, I want to make a run with Tom Brady because this guy's hurt or whatever. And they're going to get like first pick every veteran you know, here pretty soon too. So what's your, no, I don't think that's going to happen, but what's your, <laughs> what's your pick for this game? So for this game, I, I just, I'm not I'm not a believer in Kyler. This is a divisional game, so it could go either way. What's the point spread? Four and a half. LA favorites. I'm gonna still stick with that. I'm gonna go Rams thirty eight. I'm gonna go Kyler in Arizona thirty one. All right. I have Rams thirty one, Arizona twenty six. So we have the same picks here. So we'll yeah. uh, we'll look here at the the locks and the sleeper. Um, and also I made a mistake. You actually went two and two last week because you picked Washington to win. But they covered the spread last week, so you get Washington. So we're both two and six. The producer just sent me a message in my ear. Uh, So my you're the man. My lock of the week is Washington one half point one half point favorites this week. I think that's a that's a game that they have to win. I think they're going to. All right. So when it comes, man, what are the point spreads? What do you have for Chargers and Raiders? You're supposed to look this up. All right. Well, then my lock of the week is Chargers over Raiders. All right. I won't even look up the point spread. How about that? I, I think they're like three-point favorites. I was going to say, I know it can't be much, which is why I'm definitely choosing Chargers. Well, and the Raiders are a team that they're 3-0 one-score games, and they're winning the games that they lost last year. Well, they lost a lot of close games. Last year. Yeah, I'm going, I'm going Washington one-half-point favorites over Atlanta. You have the Chargers. And for upset pick, I'm going to go the Colts are two-point underdogs against the Dolphins and Jacoby Brissett. I don't think this is Brissett's revenge game. Um, I don't think Brissett's been terrible, you know, so far this year. I kind of regret already, like, Carson Wentz against a big blitz defense. But uh, I'm going to go Colts, two-point underdogs as my lock. All right. uh, What are the points, spread? Because I'll go with this no matter what. I'm going to go Minnesota Vikings over Cleveland Browns. And I, I don't like. I love that game this week. I don't like the Minnesota Vikings, but I, I'm not feeling this for Cleveland, not at all. There, it's like the It's like they both play the exact same way. It's both. Exactly. It's like the exact same offense up against one another. Uh, the Browns are, it looks like two point favorites. Yeah, I'm going with my underdogs in. Yeah, they're two point favorites. Yeah, I'm yeah. really excited for that game. That's the Spider-Man pointing at each other meme. <laughs> no, you don't throw it. No, you run it. No, you run it. You run outside zone. No, you run outside zone. You throw a Titan screen. No, I'm going to throw a Titan screen. 
that's where you throw a play action pass out of bounds. Let me ask you this, man. This is why I chose this as my game here. Who's the better quarterback right now for you? Uh, Kirk Cousins. For me too. And I hate saying that. I never want to say that, but yeah, I think Kirk Cousins is a better quarterback right now. Baker is Baker still. Not same thing with Lamar. I, I'm not seeing the improvement. The step forward. It's bumming me out with some of these guys. Pissing me off. Yeah, I think I think Baker Baker just kind of he's like kind of like Teddy, except with more arm talent, you know. And but it's a little bit dumber. I, but Kirk's been so good without pressure. Yeah, like he's not to. missing any of his throws at all. And like I I know for me like Kirk is underrated now. Oh God, I'm like, not Kirk, going. Kirk, Kirk Cousins is an underrated quarterback now. I'm not like, going. I didn't, my hatred from Kirk really kind of stemmed from the fact that it was like. Oh, the Vikings got Kirk Cousins. They're a Super Bowl team now. No, they're not. They're not that at all, but the Vikings aren't also like a bottom five team at all. And Kirk Cousins isn't like the 20th best quarterback. He's like the 13th best quarterback. So know? now that everybody hates Minnesota, you're now like, no, I love them. Cause you just no, no, I'm not saying I love them. You're that guy. I can't go with the trends. I always have to do my own thing. Oh, no, now y'all are not in it? Well, now I'm into it. That's who you are. You make I'm me not, sick. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying Kirk Cousins is underrated now. Whatever, man. He was overrated, and now he's underrated. Now he's underrated. Oh, my God. You're so... If people are on a bandwagon, Matt's, like, waving by. He's like, I'm never going to hop on a person's bandwagon. Exactly. I take... Nope. And also, whenever something becomes too popular, I have to leave it as well, too. Exactly. Oh, too many people are on this wagon now. I'll see you guys later. But yeah. Matt's about to get to the best part. Who cares? Exactly. So That's you! No, it's not me. So to recap here, we both have Buffalo, 16-point favorites. We both have Dallas, 4.5-point favorites. We both have Denver, 1-point favorite. We both have Los Angeles, 4.5-point favorites. My lock is Washington, 1.5-point favorites. Your lock are the Chargers, 3-point favorites against the Raiders. My upset is Colts, plus 2 against Miami. Your upset is the Vikings plus two against Cleveland. Boom. We got it. It sucks that they missed that kick in week two. Yeah, I know, but... It, it sucked. Because they would be like... They'd be Tyler Green Bay right now. And which would have been a lot better. Cause, yeah. You know, it I sucks. That was an easy field goal, too. Ends up indoors, 37 yards. That's, but that's what I mean with kickers right now. What's going on? I mean, only... It's like somehow the longer kicks are easier for them in some situations. But if you go in a 40 to a 37-yarder, oh, my God, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. This is a big kick. It's getting ridiculous. It is ridiculous. Well, that's our show for tonight. It was way too long, but we had a lot to say. I get, we can't be doing 35-minute long intros anymore, but that's on me. I got to do a better job next time. Yeah, you're the worst. Uh, so until next time, I'm Matt Weston. Thank you for listening to Balrad Radio. I guess we're going to have a bonus show to go over the listener questions we had to talk about the Houston Texans. And then we'll be back on to talk about my Super Bowl. Josh Allen putting 41 points on the Texans this Sunday. Uh, whenever the game is over, I'll probably talk in diehard Chris. So until next time, I'm Matt Weston. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Red Radio. And thank you for being on the table. You better hit that like and subscribe button. I'm not kidding. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. 
Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com.